Somebody touch my spaghetti. <laughs> it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slave. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slave. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name's Mike Royer. And this week, the Flashpoint movie gets its directors. All right. Uh, Venom may have a surprise for us after all. Okay, I was going to do like a thwip, thwip Spider-Man sound effect, but I was like, I don't know what sound Venom makes, so I was like, smush, smush, like slime, I don't know. Thwap, thwap, Uh, something close. Uh, We're ready to get Solo, a Star Wars story. Or go solo, or riding solo, you know, whatever. Mike, you're not the writer here, I am, and more. Yeah. So, um, this week I've changed Mike out for a little horse. Uh, Yeah. So... He's, we're gonna have a new guest this week. What, what's your name, little buddy? Yeah, oh, I'm 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 a little pony. After yeah. all, I'm a little horse. But yeah, uh, I was um I was uh, out uh, homesick a lot last week. Um, which the novelty of uh, you know being out of the office and being uh, shacked up on the couch uh, runs out pretty quickly. Uh, I would say after about two days. Uh, but I, I had an opportunity to uh, watch a lot of uh, backlog stuff that I knew I wanted to watch for a long time. So um, I had a chance, uh, first off, to watch a Fate of the Furious, which uh, I did not enjoy. I understand that there's a low bar for those Fast and Furious movies now, but I just I think in order to really enjoy those movies, I would need to be in a room with other people, just kind of like mm-hmm. razzing the movie a little bit. But I I I, just, I couldn't have a good time watching it. So, but I don't really hold it up on a pedestal. But after after that, I uh, I finally had a chance to watch Split. Which did, have you seen Split? I did. I I watched it um, right after it hit. Uh, I think DVD last year. Yeah. So that was actually really amazing. Um, I watched it for a couple reasons. Uh, one, I heard it was great, uh, so I kind of wanted to see M. Night Shyamalan come back into the fold. Uh, two, I heard it was kind of, I don't want to spoil anything, but I heard it was connected to uh, one of his other movies, So, and it kind of felt like supernatural, superhero-ish, so I was like, you know, I want to check that you know, off the list. But also, I've, I've found myself kind of gravitating more towards kind of like scary, um, intense movies lately. I don't know if I would necessarily call it a palate cleanser, but it's kind of nice to go kind of outside of your comfort zone from what we're used to watching. Like I, I pretty much only watch like superhero action adventure movies. Those are the ones I go out of my way to watch in the in the theater. So I kind of like you know going outside of that zone, especially since a lot of these horror directors end up making these big budget um, action superhero movies. So I've had a really good time. Like uh, a week or so ago, I watched it, the new one that, and that was great. I watched Split. Um, I watched uh, Unbreakable as well because that's just an M. Night Shyamalan movie that I never got around to seeing. So we talked about it a little bit uh, through a text message through the week, uh, and I totally agree with you. Um, The movie, I don't think it aged well, especially with all of the kind of superhero movies that came out after Unbreakable. But if you kind of like sit that movie in its time period, I think it kind of fits a little bit. There's just some... There's kind of some some bizarre editing. I don't know if Unbreakable actually follows like a three act structure. Kind of just seems to be like an odd kind of storytelling. There's some scenes that just kind of end by literally fading to black, which I haven't seen before in a movie in a really long time. It felt very old school and it had a very abrupt ending. I would say like it wasn't it wasn't the most twisty twist that M Night Shyamalan has ever done. But I guess there was kind of a twist at the end, so mm. it was an interesting experience. But I, I don't regret watching so, it. So before you before you go into to some yeah. some other stuff you watch, um, the main actress in Split, uh, Anna Taylor Joy, mm-hmm. um, she I think that's her name. She is Magic in New Mutants, the New Mutants oh, movie that's coming out. Oh, is that she's blonde in that right? Yeah, she's blonde in that. Um, oh, which okay. I think. Having seen her in Split, which was my first introduction to her, mm-hmm. uh, she's gonna play a hell of a good magic in. Oh yeah, mutants. And damn, James McAvoy, he was a treasure watching in that in that movie. He's he is a he is a treat. I think James McAvoy is kind of gonna be 
maybe a little bit like a uh, a Brad a Brad Pitt or like a George Clooney or a Tom Cruise for other people out there. You know, like you don't care what the movie is if he's in it, you're gonna go see it. So um, yeah, uh, bravo James McAvoy for that performance. But the number one new hotness in the Royer household, Chris, I I don't think you're going to be able to guess, so I'm not even going to have you try, (laughs) is our our number one new addiction is Riverdale. Uh, uh, We've been calling it Archie After Dark. It's not your father's Archie. If you're you're unaware out there, it's basically kind of like the, the teenage drama version of the of the cheesy kind of poppy archie comic um kind of re-envisioned it's 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 no breaking bad i'm not trying to compare it to some sort of like a prestige drama out there but it has just the right amount of like mystery and drama and just like teenage angst mixed in there mixed in with some of these like funny like archie things that just can't quite go dark no matter how much you do it uh like this whole town of Riverdale is kind of built on like a maple syrup empire. So when there's like drama and like a murder mystery and then they try to be serious about maple syrup, it's just, it's kind of funny, but it's just like the right amount of drama. There's always like a huge cliffhanger at the end of every episode. Like all of these, like uh, all of these kids that are playing high school kids are just like super like dreamy. They all got like eight pack abs, and it's just like, it's just ridiculous. But uh, I would I would recommend it. The they're airing the second season right now. Uh, the first season is on Netflix. It's about thirteen episodes. I would dare to say just just give yourself one episode and and you'll be hooked. So I know we don't. Don't usually talk about this kind of stuff on the show, but damn, I I was surprised well, that I got that Riverdale got its hooks into me like that. Well, I mean, much like most of our superheroes started in comics, Archie is in comic books, so mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'll allow it on the show. I've, I've <laughs> Archie's gone weird lately in the comics. Like, there's Archie, um, mm. like, like a Walking Dead version of Archie, where like every the town's attacked by zombies and everyone yeah. turns to zombies. Uh, Archie versus Predator, I think, is another one. Oh my like, god, that's amazing. they've got some weird comics out there featuring Archie. So um, this uh, this version, I've heard good things as well. Uh, it's not for me, but I, I just I keep hearing everything about Jughead Jones. Like that's, that's oh yeah, one, one of the twins from uh, that showed Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. So oh yeah, yeah, he is. He he's all grown up. He's all angsty and emo, and he's kind of like an outsider. He usually narrates the beginning and the end of every episode. Uh, he's my spirit animal in the show. I connect. I feel Jughead's uh, high school pain. So uh, it's just yeah. I, I I I can't recommend it enough, which is kind of a uh, bizarre. But I had to onboard myself because I know that they're making that uh, Sabrina. Uh, teenage witch new reboot dark reboot on uh, Netflix so I kind of wanted to prepare myself get myself in the right mindset for that coming out of the same studio same people and everything so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to that Chris. So, so, so you've been on Netflix this week yeah yeah I've been on ne- oh and I watched yeah. uh, I forgot about the other thing that I watched too were you gonna bring that up yeah I was gonna say so you watched um the movie bright huh oh god hot hot garbage bright <laughs> that's <laughs> what that exactly movie. is a bright so a bright is actually the a name of a person who can pick up a wand because if you're not a bright and you pick up a wand you explode it literally kills you so this is Will Smith a bright 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 at the very highest level has a really genius concept I really love the idea of of mixing these fantasy elements and with the real world. And kind of seeing how these two things coalesce. It's almost kind of the same storyline of District 9, if you think about it, you know. You have these otherworldly things trying to mix with humans, and instead of just, like, everybody freaking out and trying to kill each other, they're actually trying to live side by side. But there's some fatal flaws in that story structure where I thought, just based on the trailers, that maybe all of these fantasy orcs and stuff just kind of show up out of nowhere, maybe within the last, like, 100 years, 200 years. But no, they make it very apparent that there was battles going on between orcs and humans, like, back 2,000 years ago. They talked about, oh, my ancestors fought orcs and stuff like that. So it doesn't make any sense because if you kind of look at, like... They make references to like Shrek and other types of uh, pop culture things that, you know, if history would have played out with orcs 2,000 years ago, you wouldn't have the same things that you have now. 
So and it's just kind of weird. Like so that whole high level story didn't really work well with me. And then the writing is just really bad. Like when we when we reviewed Suicide Squad, another David Ayer film, uh, I think we tried our best to give him the benefit of the doubt because we kind of wondered how much Warner Brothers got their hands on his movie and re-edited it and made it something mm-hmm. that he it, he didn't want. But after watching this his Netflix movie, which I would assume he had very much control over because usually Netflix is really good at that, it, I, I believe David Ayer wrote this movie. I'm not 100% sure, but I know for sure he directed it. And it is bad. Like, every category of the movie is bad. I mean, the special effects were all right, so I, I don't think I can give him the benefit of the doubt anymore with Suicide Squad. I think even if he had full control over it, he just would have had another bright, so... But apparently people watched it because it's getting that sequel. But, oh, yeah, I did not like it. I mean, Will Smith and, um, what is it, Joel Edgerton? The yeah, guy Joel, who plays Joel the Edgerton. Yeah. I mean, they, they, kind of end, they kind of end up being a little buddy cop by the end of the movie, and it doesn't feel as awkward. So, I don't know, maybe the sequel can hit the ground running a little bit better. But, I mean, I guess since I don't have to buy a ticket, maybe I'll watch it, but yeah, don't waste your time. Don't push other stuff out of the way in your life to go watch Bright, you know. Wait until you're sick like I am or something to watch I knew it it was written by um, Max Landis, actually, who did Chronicle. Oh my God, Max Landis. He he is... um, He's hit or miss. He's crazy, yeah, so I could see it being hit or miss. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah. So I've not seen Bright. I wasn't going to. Even my boss at my job... Not a big movie guy, but he was like, I needed to watch some action movie while I was working out to keep my heart rate up. He's like, Bright didn't even do it for me. So, oh, man. So, um, coming from all around, I've not heard uh, good things. So, <laughs> so that's that. Um, speaking of, I'm just going to, before we get in, I'm going to jump into the news here. We've been talking for a little bit. But um, I had my, my company end of the year party this, this uh-huh. month, and um, I spent 13 hours this week editing an 18 minute blooper reel for everybody. Wow, look at you working hard, buddy. Yeah, that was after uh, outside of normal work hours as well. It took it took a long time, um, but I, I have to tell you, it's fun to a have that much dirt on everybody I work with, <laughs> uh, but also b um, you know seeing everybody on Saturday night watch it. They were everybody was cutting up. It 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 received a huge applause. Like it makes all the little videos and all the. The in, like the patience in between each one so much worth it in the end. So uh, yeah, um, it yeah, that's always really nice when you're any in any sort of creative field. Usually you're stuck behind the curtain behind a computer, and you hardly ever get to see your stuff reacted to in real time. So yeah, whenever you get a chance to show creative work in front of an audience and you get a reception that that high is uh, uh, too hard. To quit, so I think that's what brings a lot of people back to the table to do more work. So I'm glad you got to experience that. Yeah, yeah, it's the second one we've done. Uh, the first one was like maybe nine minutes, so doubling it to 18 was huge. So mm-hmm. I had a good time. I had a good, it'll be on. It'll be. Uh, I'll be putting it on um, my my Facebook uh, probably later this week once I edit out all the curse words for public consumption. <laughs> so there's that. But you know, we're not here to talk about us, Mike, or bad slash good things we've seen on Netflix. We're going to talk about superhero news, and first and foremost, I've got probably something that flew under the radar for probably most people, but we have Flashpoint news here, Mike. Oh, wow. Um, that they have finally hired directors, again, for the Flashpoint <laughs> movie. I think Phil Lord and Chris Miller were first directed to the Flash movie, then possibly Robert Zemeckis, and now we have confirmation with John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein as the directors. Oh, man. I like how you said Zemeckis. It's almost like you have a pet name. I think it's Zemeckis, but I like Zemeckis way better. It's, it's whatever, <laughs> really. I'm, I'm glad that's what you took out of the news, like, how I said someone's last name. But Jonathan Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein were two of the writers of Spider-Man Homecoming, which I know was your favorite <coughs> movie this year. Yeah. Um, which also made me think, you've, you've watched the Flash TV show pretty regularly mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in your house, and I know... When I started watching The Flash, I'm like, oh, The Flash TV show feels like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Um, with the narration and the, sw- like, it's just swinging through the city, he's speeding through the city, saving people, uh, living the life as, like, you know, a regular person with a job, but also being a superhero at the same time and trying to cover that up. Um, so, I-, I think this might be a really good choice, Mike. What-, what do you think when you hear this? 
Yeah, I guess it just kind of, um, I was thinking about this the other day. So these are, I guess, writers moving over to the director side of things. And I've always wondered, uh, what's, what's, the, what's the best way to do it? Is, is that what makes the best filmmaker going from writing to directing? Or is it a little easier for someone that's known as a director to write something? So I think it's always interesting to see that type of transition. So, I mean, I, like you said, I love Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, at least I know whether the movie is directed well or not, at least they will be able to uh, really look over whatever script is penned and just know what works and what doesn't. So, um, but really a director is almost more like a captain of a ship, you know. The cinematographer will figure out the shots, you know. They'll look over the script that's given to them and figure it out. So, I'm, you know, I th I'm crossing my fingers and I'm hoping it's going to turn out well because, like you said, we watch, we watch Flash in this household. I, I love that hero. I don't know if this is a non-starter. Uh, I hope Flashpoint kind of just resets this whole Warner Brothers universe and we can kind of start from fresh. Uh, but I want a big budget Flash on on the screen. I want to see these big action set pieces with uh, high speed uh, on the other end of that, like slow motion. Well, so. not only that, Flashpoint is a huge story where it you know time is reset. They can play with times. They can play with alternate versions of Batman and Wonder Woman and Superman and so on and so Ooh. forth. So it's it's really an interesting story that I think is can showcase more of the Flash's ability other than just running really fast. So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Also, I mean, I always forget this, but John Francis Daly, he's an actor as well. He did he was in Freaks and Geeks, is where he got a start in. Yeah, I was gonna say because when this news broke, I saw some um, I guess screenshots and pictures of the directors, and I was like, why does why does that guy look really familiar? And I was like, I've seen him on screen before. Is he also a, a writer director? So I guess if he's an actor too, it sounds like maybe he could be a triple threat. So maybe we we trust him to mm. to make a decent Flashpoint movie. Yeah, did you see the new uh, Vacation movie? At all? Oh, oh, God, no, Chris. <laughs> okay, well, he, that that's his last movie that he uh, directed before oh. this year's game oh, night. Oh no! I feel like we should have started out with that before. Well, he started it's fine, but I mean, there's 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 better there's better um, things on this thing than that. So I just want to put no. that out there. So well, also it's a pair too. I think when you get two people directing a movie, usually yeah. it turns out pretty well. I mean, look at the Russo brothers; they're kicking ass. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. Uh, but also a fun point about Flashpoint is uh, Ben Affleck was approached to direct Flashpoint <laughs> as recently as last week even. Oh my god, I feel like I feel like Warner Brothers literally goes up to him for everything. Like, uh, Ben, we need someone to clean out the bathroom. Are you up for it? You know, like, no, I'm not up for it. You know, what about directing a movie? No, I don't think I want to do that either. Just well, stay on the studio. We don't want to lose you, Ben. Yeah, they're pretty much like, hey, hey, dude, we, we'll give you some high-paying jobs if you stay with us for a little bit longer. Yeah. And, it, no. No. <laughs> so, um, Flashpoint um, now has some directors. Good to know. Justice League, uh, probably one of the um, lowest rated superhero movies of 2017, um, will hit digital on February 13th and Blu-ray DVD a month later on March 13th. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you want to revisit that on Valentine's Day, make it super sensual. No, and thanks, bro. I'll be excited for Black Panther when Valentine's Day rolls around. It's true. So, yeah, so... <laughs> But there's that. But also, uh, we've got some look at the box art here. So we got a scene from the box, or at least one p portion here, a still from the movie in the Blu-ray box art. And they have, in post-production or in editing and photo editing, have brightened the hell up out of this movie. Yeah, they did. So um, Wonder Woman went from her dull kind of, you know, Zack Snyder looking thing to... Well, I would say more akin to something you'd see in the Avengers, <laughs> mm -hmm. to be honest. And, and that's not a, a bad thing or a good thing either way, but they're definitely trying to push the colors for that home release. Yeah, they want that mental connection of like, hey, you remember when you liked watching the Wonder Woman movie? Hey, she's also in this movie, so you should buy it. <laughs> yeah, and the other characters have it as well, but they didn't have any uh, movie stills to pull from that for that. So mm -hmm. um, I, I, I see Superman over there to the right, so he's going to be a little bit more... Mm -hmm. uh, fun fact, I guess, quote unquote fun. The one extra scene is being added to Justice League um, well. as of right now. One scene called The Return of Superman. And this is uh, on the box. So I, my assumption is The Return of Superman is where he goes and gets the suit from um, Batman's place. Because oh, that trailer, they're like, oh, I knew you'd come kind of thing. Oh, uh, Okay. Um, because I don't know what else the Return of Superman scene would be. Yeah, is this the is this the long um, long awaited Snyder cut, the one extra scene? 
Well, no, actually, they are not really seeing any. It's not called any other director's cut, extended cut, nothing like that. There will also be no other deleted or extended scenes on the release mic. Uh, I there, feel like they, they almost doubled down and said, hey, screw you guys. There's no Snyder cut. We're going to give you one extra scene. Stop bitching. Exactly. And the fact <laughs> that there's not even any other deleted scenes, like some of those are fun to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've just, they've nixed it all for, for at least now. Maybe they're trying to get some more money in the long run and release a, a different version later. But th- that's what we got right now. So Yeah, I bet uh, it's a little too messy to figure out what's a deleted scene and what's a scene that was part of a different version of the movie and it's just going to be confusing if we add it. So they're probably just like, nope, just wash our hands of it. Yeah. <laughs> we can uh, deal with all that. Again, you know, we did the Superman, Batman v Superman extended edition, whatever, ultimate edition I think is what it was. And, you know, it moved some stuff around and it did fill some stuff in. But overall, I feel these... Uh, extra additions just convolute the continuity a little more, and this may be a decision by the new the new showrunners at WB. They've been like, "Nope, we're not doing it. Just give the yeah. regular one out." So, so we'll, we'll we'll play that by ear, see how that happens. Uh, you're excited about Wonder Woman too? A lot of people are. I, um, yeah, why not, man? It's, it's on my it's on one of my DC seems to be on a roll with this movie kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, Wonder Woman two they just announced will be the first film to adapt the Producer Guild of America's new sexual harassment policy to try to stamp out all the bastards in the industry. Good, so, <laughs> I like to hear that. I don't. The only thing that worries me is like, why do we have to wait for Wonder Woman two um, for this <laughs> to do it? But you know, whatever. Um, it, as long as steps are being made, I think that's a that's a good thing. Patty Jenkins yeah. is going to be walking around on set, stomping on necks, be like, don't be a jerk, or I'm going to step these heels right through your throat. They're going to give her a real sword from Wonder Woman and just uh. be like, instead of the god killer, it's going to be called like the sexual harassment killer. And <laughs> swing it around. So if you're working on Wonder Woman 2, be careful. Yeah, be- behave yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, or you'll be beheaded. I'll leave it alone. Um, So, uh, but DC does doubling is doubling down on women led movies due to the popularity of Harley Quinn. And um, speaking of David Ayer, his Gotham City Sirens movie has apparently been killed off at WB. So, oh, not surprised. I knew when they announced all of these movies a couple months ago that they weren't set in stone. So here you go, proof is in the pudding. I don't. Was this one on that list though? I don't remember this one being on that list. It was. It was on a list at some point in time. That's all that matters. Yeah, David Ayer has been very insistent that this is coming. They're not going to do it because they literally have three other movies with Harley Quinn in the works. And they're going to focus on those instead. Uh, with Suicide Squad 2, of course. The Birds of Prey movie, written by Christina Hodson. I don't know who that is. And the Joker versus Harley Quinn movie, which has writers, directors, Glenn Ficar and John Requa. So uh, We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, there's new heads at WB. We don't know what other things are going to be axed. But they sound like, to me, David Ayer, two bad movies in a row ain't going to... Ain't helping them out. So, doesn't um, it always just seem like executives at these movie studios are always just taking the most obvious approach? It's just kind of like, hey, Suicide Squad came out. It was a bad movie, but everyone's talking about Margot Robbie. So the only logical conclusion is just make a bunch of Margot Robbie movies, right? It's just like, no, maybe that's not what you do. Maybe don't take the highlight out of your garbage dump and make a movie out of it. Maybe just make a better movie, and then it won't matter who's in it. It doesn't matter if you have Margot Robbie in it or not. So I don't know why it always just seems like so obvious. Like you know, maybe, maybe think about it a little bit more critically before you make a bunch my, my, of Margot Robbie movies. So my assumption is that uh, having you know working in the comic book store every week, you mm. would not believe the amount of Harley Quinn merchandise it sells. Like wow. you put it out, it moves. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts. You get four different versions of a Harley Quinn action figure gone. I mean, I don't I don't want to sound pretentious at all, but even if like the even if the Margot Robbie Harley Quinn like hot toy or sideshow collectible or pop vinyl or whatever was like the the coolest crafted thing ever and it looked super movie accurate, I still wouldn't want it because every time I look at it, I would just think about how shitty Suicide Squad was. Like, I I don't want a collectible from a movie I don't like, even if it well, looks awesome. So I don't know. But I guess other people out there just don't care. It's well, it's not not everyone hates this movie. Like this is <laughs> this movie made a lot. It's the third highest um, DC movie out there. Uh, Wonder Woman's number one. 
um, I guess worldwide, it's it's Dawn of Justice, Wonder Woman, then Suicide Squad. So for them, it's a very very lucrative franchise. But I mean, they people people will defend it, and I, I you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, Mike. So uh, you're right, man. We know better. Are you watching Legends of Tomorrow still? Actually, uh, no, I am not. <laughs> okay, I didn't know. Uh, there's a lot of DC shows coming out like out there right now, mm. but apparently uh, on the Flash, the Kid Flash uh, will be moving to Legends of Tomorrow's series regular. Coming okay, up. well, um, I don't know if you're caught up with uh, the Flash or not, but you know, Kid Flash in the series is kind of. I don't want to say he's a guest star, but he kind of comes in and out of the show. Sometimes he's on an episode, sometimes he's not. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly if, like whenever he leaves the show, like whenever he says like, hey, I'm going out of town, I never assume he's gone forever. So I guess it makes sense that he might kind of hot swap him in. I mean, they kind of did that with Firestorm. Firestorm was a part of, uh, I think, season two, possibly. Uh, I think of, season one of, of Flash because... Yeah. Uh, at the end, that portal or something. Oh, yeah, but then I thought that was a different Firestorm. I don't know. It's hard to keep track of, of well, all of these. Well, CW the thing shows. is, Kid Flash, I think, is replacing Firestorm on Legends of Tomorrow, probably to reduce budget. from. Oh, from oh yeah, maybe. So I, I feel like a Legends of Tomorrow is almost just kind of like the um, just that the, the youngest kid in the family. Like, you just get all the hand-me-downs. Ah, oh, we can't use this character right now. We got too many. Here, just push him on Legends of Tomorrow for a little while, so... Well, to me, it's it, Legend of Tomorrow is that uh, that big old farm upstate where you send all your, <laughs> your, your pets to live uh, when they're when they're getting old. So um, yeah. yeah, is Morgan from The Walking Dead also going to be joining Legends of Tomorrow? <laughs> Very well, maybe we don't know. So Legends of Tomorrow is getting Kid Flash, so they'll have a speedster on there now. Uh, Black Lightning debuted this week on the CW as well, and you got a chance to watch that. My understanding is, yeah, we uh, we we che- we checked it out. Um, I was very curious with that show to see how it was going to land because I, I knew from the, the trailers that we have gotten that this was going to be like, oh, Black Lightning is actually going to be an older hero and he was a hero in the past. So I was c- curious about that. So we gave it a watch and actually it was really um, it was really impressive. Um, I, I would say it's like a solid like. B plus A minus pilot, you know, you know, I, I wasn't gushing at the end of it, but I was just like, Hey, this is pretty good. And usually pilots are like that. Usually pilots don't knock it out of the park. It's not usually a home run. It's gotta be just enough to get you to kind of uh, keep with it. So yeah, I really liked it. Um, I like a superhero show, uh, that doesn't have to harp on the origin story right away. Um, there's kind of like an Alfred S character in this show. That's kind of cool. Um, that you know he shows up and he's just like oh i remember you know working with you in the past and you know i've been working on some stuff since we uh, haven't been hanging out lately so it's just like oh it's cool so there's been stuff going on in the background in this uh, place and time um it's a lot more edgier than some of the other cw shows i mean there i i don't want to say like oh there's teenagers in it but there's teenagers in it that are like going to clubs like smoking weed and stuff like that and there's like gang members and stuff so <laughs> this is this is definitely a more harder hitting show um yeah i, I would give it a shot and check it out um it's been pretty fun so far uh i it doesn't they don't seem to be really dialing into any sort of formula that arrow had in the beginning where it was just like oh here's the present tense and then we're going to flash back to the past there hasn't been a whole lot of flashing back so i don't think they're necessarily going to rely on that uh, mechanism but yeah so far it was pretty cool um i don't remember the lead actor's name but he was pretty badass um uh, I like this kind of seasoned, gritty hero that's just like, I'm too old for this shit, but I gotta put the suit back on and kick some ass. So yeah, give give Black Lightning give Black Lightning a shot. It's pretty fun. So are you gonna keep up with it weekly, or do you imagine you'll binge it? I guess is the question. Um, I think I might keep up with it weekly. I think this, I'll, I think I'll actually might slot in a brand new superhero show, which is something I haven't done in a while. So I I think that that gives it some credence. Okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I know a lot of people like to wait till it's over and binge them, and I didn't know you felt like this was a yeah binge it or or I won't or I'll watch it weekly kind of thing. So mm. that's good to know. So yeah, let's wrap up our DC news. We're gonna talk a little bit about Venom here. Um, surprisingly enough, I've we got some news on Venom that Peter Parker, the actor Tom Holland, will appear in Venom after all. Mm-hmm. Um, per uh, John Schnepp, I think he's in the industry. I don't know. I. I pulled his quote um but mm-hmm. tom holland has been on set a few days already filming 
Um, I've reached out to the person I know who is working on Venom to see if there's mm-hmm. any, you know, if he has seen anything. I haven't had any confirmation back, but it's not supposed to be Spider-Man showing up. It's like a Peter Parker like cameo kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I I would assume like I saw those headlines, you know, earlier in the week, and I I just instantly assumed it was a cameo. I mean, if this yeah. was gonna be a Spider-Man Venom movie. Uh, we would have known it from day one because that's how you really sell a Venom movie to people out there. They just yeah. had a kick-ass Spider-Man movie. You're not gonna slow play uh, Spider-Man's role in it if he's a it's if he's a big shot. And then, like you said, you specifically said Peter Parker. They didn't say Spider-Man, and they didn't say Tom Holland. They said Peter Parker. So I'm kind of curious because I think the last time we talked about shooting locations for this movie, uh, we brought up San Francisco, didn't we? Yeah, the movie's supposed to be set in San Francisco yeah. as well. So that makes me wonder if, um, you know, eventually, uh, you know, uh, Venom's going to make his way to New York City, I would assume. So maybe that happens. And after credit scene, he gets on a plane, flies to New York, uh, gets off at LaGuardia and maybe like Tom Holland's just hanging out somewhere in Brooklyn, drive by him in a cab. I don't know. But I I can't imagine it's going to be uh, it's going to be very uh, intense. I I, I don't think Spidey's going to be fighting Venom. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so either. I think they'll have a lot on their hands because this deleted Instagram post from Tom Hardy may confirm that Carnage is the big bad in this movie. Yeah. And like you say, deleted Instagram pictures or deleted anything on social media is basically uh, guilt. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're more like this is it looks like some fan art of Tom Hardy with the Venom symbiote like on his chest and then the Carnage in the background. But Mm. and he posted it. If it was just fan art and he left it, that'd be like, yeah, that's that's just fan art, man. This isn't real. But when you delete it, you're like, oh, there's probably something there trying to hide something yeah so (coughs) So, um yeah that's i i can't so i wanted to ask you about carnage here i can't decide if this is a good storytelling idea or a bad storytelling idea because we really haven't had a good honest version of carnage slash the symbiote out in theaters yet you know spider-man 3 you know that that wasn't really working on any level so i don't think we can say that worked so if you're if you're introducing an audience to a symbiote for the first time whether it's alien or whether it's created in a lab for medical purposes um do you just stick to venom and you teach people you know how that works and maybe he's fighting uh a super powered bad guy that's not a symbiote or do you also just loop carnage in there and be like let's just get them both out there you know we already dealing with one symbiote. It's basically the same thing with a different color, and we have them fight. So I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea. Like, is it too much symbiote all at once, or just give it to them I, all? They'll figure it out. I think you go all in. Um, I think this movie is about symbiotes because it involves the Lethal Protector storyline where they take the Venom symbiote and try to weaponize it, and they get, like, five different versions of, from it. Mm-hmm. And my this idea in my head if they want to go stupid is those five versions will merge and form this carnage beast at the end mm, kind of thing maybe um but you know i think you go all in i think i think you got it but carnage could also be a long game thing he doesn't have to die at the end of it either um you know he could get away then like carnage is the long game where they have to team up with spider-man to take down carnage later if they yeah, wanted to do that, yeah, yeah, I guess it could be. I think I think it's a long game, but I think if you get him in there, um, and yeah, I think you just go for it. I, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna go in with a Venom movie, give them give them all of it. So because you don't have Spider Man, cool. you don't have Spider Man to play off of. That's that's what I think. Yeah, I just hope it looks cool, man. Well, I mean, I guess we won't really be seeing any web slinging, right? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but the Venom symbiote doesn't learn how to web sling until it has fused itself with spider-man at some point in time it's just well, not going to inherently web sling it, it's hard to tell because venom was introduced as the symbiote suit on spider-man mm-hmm. but i assume that's probably i mean you're probably right unless unless there's some sort of weird scene where like the uh where the symbiote is just chilling out on a recliner watching like tv and it sees spider-man and goes like oh spider-man on the tv web slings i can do that now i that'd be kind of it, it that's be, almost like it's like apocalypse at the in in that uh, x-men apocalypse movie where he's like watching tv and he's like learning yeah i mean they could or they could be one of those um if if venom suit is like again like a medical thing on um them and like oh let's see what you can do and he's learning abilities i guess i don't know we don't know 
We can we can speculate all day long, but we won't know until they show us. Yep. So, uh, Venom, we might see something sooner than later. I think it's supposed to come out in October. So, we'll knock on wood. But speaking of Spider-Man, the Homecoming sequel might be casting a femme fatale lead in this upcoming Ooh. one. So, um, they're looking for a European woman in her 20s to probably maybe be the villain in this one. All right. Uh, who do we think that might be, villain-wise? There is the, the idea... Um, not Black Cat, not Silver Sable. Those are in the Silver and Black movies. Um, but I, I honestly don't know. I really, you know, I really don't know. You know, they could just gender bend also, too. Like, um, w- what is his name? Smythe, the, the scientist. Alistair that makes Smythe, sp- yeah, the yeah. Spider Slayer. I mean, there's no reason you can't gender bend that and make it a woman. You know, like, I don't think anybody's too precious about Smythe. So, I mean, that would be kind of cool. Uh, I don't think anyone would expect that, so... Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, kind of going through here, looking through the female leads, there is someone called Shriek, but I think she's a symbiote power. Felicia Hardy, Black Cat, Silver Sable. Um, most of these are men. So I, I honestly don't know. But like you said, they could gender bend it. I mean, it's Marvel, and they've got they've established Spider-Man's okay. So I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes, even though we, we don't know. Yeah, it's probably it. not. It's not, probably not female Norman Osborn. That's probably for sure. <laughs> so uh, I'm d- I'm down for this. Well, so we'll see what they where they take us here. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp gave us a new photo this week of Hope Van Dyne and Scott Pym and not Scott Pym Scott Lang in their suits <laughs> for the movie. And Mike, as a as someone who looks at the costumes pretty heavily here, how, what do you think of these? I mean, they look pretty cool to me. I saw uh, some internet reaction to these, and I think the one that I can agree with the most is, yep, that's them. (laughs) So um, what I think is, what I first thought is, watching the original Ant-Man, seeing like that one-piece kind of loose-fitting suit with the button on his hands, on Mm -hmm. his thumbs, looked pretty TV budget, and these look more movie quality. um, Yeah, it looks like they're pulling out the stops. I've, I've seen... I, I haven't really um, indulged any of the conversation out there, but I heard some people were a little upset that they gave Wasp uh, boob cups for her costume. So I, I haven't really looked into that conversation at all, but I have seen some people that were really smart that noticed, if you look if you look at the chest areas of both of the characters, uh, Ant-Man kind of has a little bit of a silhouette of an ant on his chest, and the Wasp has a little bit of a silhouette of a wasp on her chest. So that's actually kind of cool, and I think that's uh, really ingenious, and it's probably something that costume designers instinctually do because they think that stuff is badass and most people just don't notice so i'm glad that kind of the internet brought that to my attention yeah that's cool what i saw from the hope van dyne controversy is that it's not that they're boob cups but that it looks like um a dick and balls really pointed right down oh yeah i heard that too and, and I'm like, some, have you someone, not seen the original wasp design this is exactly from her original comic book design like yeah she's got, and, like a weird front plate like armor yeah, and also it's just like that's not a healthy looking dick if that's what that's supposed yeah. to be. Right. So. so I mean, that's I think it's a very very horrible argument. I don't think they're going to change the suits, but overall, I do think the quality of them has increased and they look much better than the first movie did. Yeah. So. I think uh, I think the wasp's the wasp's helmet is really badass. I love that uh, design to it. It's really cool. Looks like a motorcycle helmet. I'd wear it. Yeah. it's Cool, we're gonna have to get motorcycles so we can look badass. No, I'm just getting the helmet and then <laughs> like like maybe like a, a little razor scooter and just scoot around on that. That's what I'm gonna do. Uh, right before <coughs> this, we watched the sneak peek for Cloak and Dagger that was released uh, this week, um, which gave us the debut date for this show. Cloak and Dagger will debut June 7th, a summer show, oh. at 8 p.m. Eastern with a two-hour premiere. Well, all I can say was this sneak peek was a bore fest. Uh, yeah. I was like halfway through it and I was like, is anything going to happen? Because it's not a trailer. It's like a, a clip from the show. And there's finally a little bit of uh, some special effects magic that happens towards the end. And like, yeah, I it wasn't that exciting to me. I was like, how is this supposed to get anyone hyped to watch this show? Yeah, it's a, it's a very slow slow burn it felt i mean i know this is going on freeform it felt a lot like some of the runaway stuff to me mm-hmm. um so I, it didn't bother me as bad but i will say the cloak effects you need to turn the gamma way up on your tv <laughs> to see that shit because like they are making black shadows at night on this dude wearing dark clothing and i'm like no 
No. Yeah, I could. I couldn't even see it because there's a moment where their hands meet, and uh, Dagger's hand glows white, and cloak and Cloak's hand, I guess, glows glows black. blows black, and I literally couldn't even see it on my screen, and my brightness was way up. So yeah, my game was fucked. I I don't know what I'm gonna do, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. We'll just have to. Hopefully, they tweak it before June seventh. So mm-hmm. uh, they're not they're not doing a trailer for this right now. We'll probably get the trailer closer to it. But if you want to check out that scene, it's in our show notes uh, below. Uh, do you watch any Marvel animated shows currently? You know, I, I try when I get a chance. Uh, right, we're big. We're big Earth's Mightiest Heroes fans, and mm-hmm. when they canceled that to put out Avengers Assemble because of the TV show, I kind of, I kind of got personally butthurt a little bit about it because yeah. Earth's Mightiest Heroes was awesome. Oh yeah, it was killer. And they, the third season was ready to go, and they just pulled the plug. And Avengers Assemble is coming to its own with its own Inhumans arcs and Secret Wars arcs, and it looks cool. Um, but Avengers Assemble, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the new Spider-Man show are reportedly coming to an end. Um, if the the people who work there to be believed, um, there are no renewals yet for these shows um, before their hiatus, like their animation hiatus, where they come back and start making more episodes. So we don't know where the Marvel animated shows are going, Mike. Yeah, I mean, usually I would say I'm not surprised because the shelf life for these kind of um, action-based cartoons are usually very short. You know, you kind of got to be like a comedy animated show to really get, you know, to like SpongeBob levels of seasons and stuff like that. So, you know, if you get about two or three seasons in, you're usually pretty good, you know, consider that a success and they're just going to reboot you again to try to get, you know, a fresh set of new kids to buy the toys. But didn't Spider-Man just air? Spider-Man has not, (laughs) not been out a year yet. It'll be after its first season. Yeah, so that makes me think that maybe there's some sort of strategy that's coming, and they're just like, okay, well, Avengers Assemble and Guardians were, you know, we were going to be uh, canning those anyway. It was time, but I guess let's just refresh everything and just, sorry, Spider Man. I don't know if maybe the ratings are kind of mediocre, so it, you know, that's just it was on the chopping block, unfortunately. But, you know, I guess, you know, with Phase, uh, phase Four coming up here soon, maybe they just want to kind of synchronize everything and get it going. Um, you know, the TV rights aren't too much of a big deal for animated stuff, but you know, Hey, you know, if Disney did just get the X-Men back, you know, maybe they don't want to lean away from putting those guys in there now. So maybe we will kind of get, you know, in, in my dream, we will get earth mightiest heroes season three and they'll throw the X-Men in there because they're not too worried about, you know, cross pollinating anymore. And, uh, my fan dreams will come true and then I'll watch young justice season three also as well. So uh, I'm going to cross my fingers, Chris, and maybe that'll happen. Just my, my geek dream. So from what I have read so far on, on the news, so Guardians of the Galaxy is uh, still airing its second season. Mm-hmm. Um, but at D23, they did say it was renewed for a third season. Um, so maybe they're working on season three episodes right now, and mm-hmm. m- maybe we don't know about a season four. But, I mean, if, if that's a little weird. Earth's Mightiest Hero, or not Earth's Avengers Assemble... Uh, was renewed for a um, fifth season called Black Panther's Quest, um, but season four of it's still not done yet. Um, but to me, what I'm thinking, Mike, is Disney has a new streaming service coming out next year, right? Mm-hmm. They kill, When these shows end and wrap up, the next iteration of animated shows will only be able to watch on Disney's um, streaming service, maybe at first, or their uh, their television network. Mm-hmm. Might I, be, I can see that. Might be where they where they go. Um, and we have another show we're going to talk about later. Another animated show that's ending that you know is ironically ending the same time all these other shows might be ending and would be able to have a new version of the show on the streaming service as well, owned by Disney. All right. So my theory is streaming service, but seasons four or three of Guardians and five of Avengers Assemble haven't even started yet. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, I guess it might kind of line up, right? Because if they just are going to say, like, okay, you guys are all going to get one more season, put it in production, air it in the fall, it'll end right around like early 2019. Uh, Avengers 4 will come out, it'll be catastrophic, it'll make tons of freaking money. Everyone's going to rush to the streaming service so they can stream that movie as soon as possible. And then, hey, we're going to have all these new cartoons airing on there, too. So uh, it could be a big juggernaut once that streaming service drops. Yeah, that's that's my thoughts. But also, you do bring up a good thing. If they wanted to in- include the X Men, um, which they c- could totally do in the animated shows, because animated is not following the 
cinematic universe yeah. very well at all. But they but they kind of leaned away from it, you know, kind of like when they yeah. don't like, oh, don't put Deathstroke on TV because he's got a movie coming out. We don't want to confuse people. Because, I mean, when Wolverine showed up in Earth's Mightiest Heroes, he wasn't Wolverine. He was Logan. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, also at the same time, like, I know that I like Black Bolt and Avengers Assemble way more than the one they put in the fucking TV show. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I will, We have a lot of questions. Yeah, I don't know if you saw before we hopped on the show, uh, but I saw that Inhumans was officially canceled. No, I mean, I no we, official word. There's no. I I double checked. There's no official word, but it is off their press. Um, I guess outlets this this spring. Like they have, uh-huh. they're not mentioning it, but it's a sure sign. It's almost dead. But there's nothing official <laughs> until May 23rd. I'm, uh, I'm okay. doing air quotes up here. So it sounds like it's not looking good either way. No, it's not looking good <laughs> any way you cut it. But not until they say it's done. Well, I totally believe it's done. <laughs> All right. <laughs> my, my my hope is they bring it in the shield. If they can bring him in the shield for a couple episodes, give me a good wrap up, uh, I'd be pretty happy. But All right. I think probably not going to happen. I think that's fair. Toy Story 4 got some news here, uh, some interesting news. Uh, Stephanie Folsom has been brought on to write the script for Toy Story 4 uh, okay. to replace Rashida Jones and Will McCormick, the writing team uh, who left earlier, uh, I guess, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephanie Folsom received an uncredited Thor Ragnarok writing credit. Um, so she didn't receive it, I guess. She's uncredited on Thor Ragnarok due to guild regulations. The writing guild wouldn't give her credit for some reason. I don't know why. Probably but, something to do with, like, pages or time or I don't know. Yeah, but she uh, Marvel did give her a story credit on Thor Ragnarok, which was my favorite movie of last year. So um, Stephanie Folsom's moving her way right through the uh, the <laughs> Disney family here. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about Toy Story 4 still. I mean, uh, Pixar is not the, the perfect movie studio like it used to be, but Toy Story is still a perfect uh, franchise all of the movies are amazing so I don't think we need Toy Story 4 but over the holidays um, I've never really seen any of the Toy Toy Story shorts that have shown up for like holiday specials mm-hmm. um, but over the holidays uh, with my family we did watch the one where there's like those dinosaur action figures I don't know if you've uh, seen it yeah yeah the toy the the toy that time forgot or something like that yeah. yeah and i was like hey this is you know this is really good i guess maybe more toy story isn't as bad as i think it's going to be but uh i don't know uh, i'm on a wobbly ground with toy story 4 but it seems like they're they're pushing forward well i think toy story i think stephanie Folsom's great because a new writer in here uh i believe the 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 director of the other Toy story movies has been is taking a break from pixar so this might be a chance for Toy Story to become something else um, and, and do some good. Uh, right now, it's, I think it's pegged to come out uh, 2019, but if they're rewriting the script from right now, I think they're going to need a little more time. So yeah, those, I, I might those expect movies, this one to get pushed yeah, back. Those movies take a while, to, a while to make. Yeah, and they've come a long way. You watch Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 3 back-to-back, you're like, oh, they have really <laughs> up their, their computer game here. So. Up the polygons. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Toy Stories are some of the best-rated films of all time. Uh-huh. Uh, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, you're sure to find a Toy Story movie in the in the top ratings. However, as of right now, a new movie has taken over the number one slot uh, on Rotten Tomatoes as the highest-rated movie ever. With is it pa- is it Paddington? It's Paddington Two, 156 oh my gosh. Uh, fresh, no <laughs> rottens. So, have um have you seen any of the Paddington movies? Because I haven't. I have not either. I remember growing up watching um, Paddington Bear, the animated VHSs, but not the live-action movies. Uh, I just think it's hilarious because I, I have no ill will towards Paddington. I just think it's hilarious that this kind of cute, cuddly CG bear that I think when the first trailer came out for the first Paddington movie, people were a little unnerved because it was kind of a highly realistic uh, bear rendered in the re- real world, but I guess people got past it because people are loving Paddington too. And uh, I know I know some people myself out here who do a lot of a uh, critical uh, Hollywood entertainment reporting, and and they were over the hill about Paddington as well. So I I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was Toy Story two was the highest rated movie until the movie Lady Bird came out a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, then Lady Bird um, got one bad review and pushed it down, and now Paddington Two is certain sitting at the top. So maybe, maybe I got to sit down and watch me these Paddington movies back to back, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe we got to do a 
do a Paddington spoiler cast. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> cut it out. So, There's going to be a Paddington cinematic universe now, man. We got to get in. <laughs> we got to see what other franchises can we fold into Paddington. You know, I, I've heard some shaky ground uh, is uh, going on with the Hasbro cinematic universe. So let's get those Micronauts or whatever they're called I, into the Paddington universe and just see the hell what happens. I'm gonna I'm gonna branch out. You ever see the cartoon series Madeline? Uh, I'm familiar. Yeah, we we we, we bring Madeline to life. We animate her in, in, in our little orphanage in France and bring them into the Paddington universe. Oh man, we're really expanding this universe. I like it. So uh, I think we just need one more addition. Let's go ahead and throw Bumblebee in there because apparently he's the only thing that can survive the Transformers legacy. So let's get Paddington driving it around in a Camaro. Madeline can be in the back seat in a child seat because I'm not too sure how old Madeline is and I don't think she's allowed to be in the passenger seat. I think it's too dangerous for her. And we throw in a Micronaut somewhere. I still don't know what a Micronaut is, but it's just going to be somewhere in that car. They're, they're, they build a universe in the engine of Bumblebee, and that's what keeps him running. It's like the Rick and Morty episode. Oh, my the, God. The micro-universe. We, we are on to something here, Chris. Yeah, but we're going to put him in England, so Bumblebee has to drive on the other side of the road. So it's Oh, our my split. God. A place he's never been before, the other side of the road. Yeah, except whenever he was in World War II, apparently. I, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, I had lunch with my parents today, and um, you know what was on TV? Uh, what was on TV? Indiana Chris? Jones and the Last Crusade, and I really enjoy that movie. I really like it. Mm-hmm. I did not know how long the intro was before you see Harrison Ford. But it's <laughs> a good movie, and it holds up, Mike. Yeah, it's 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 been a while since I think I've analytically watched the Indiana Jones movies. I've seen them plenty of times. I watched them a ton as a kid. I loved them, and my favorite was always uh, the Last Crusade. Uh, I I really dug Sean Connery in the movie, and I thought it was. Uh, a more fun adventure movie, which I think what kids really glom onto. So I think if I watched them again, I would hope that that one would still be my favorite. Yeah, I, I had a good time with it. Um, and if you like Indiana Jones movies, um, Steven Spielberg might make the fifth Indiana Jones his next movie. He's shopping around some ideas, and that's his his next one of his next two options. I forget what the other one was, but it didn't sound very entertaining to me. Uh, just I don't know. Are you gonna kill off Indy? <laughs> I don't know. Um, everyone's always talked about Chris Pratt being the new Indiana Jones and taking it over. So I don't know the story. I just know that if he says, I want to do Indiana Jones 5, they got to do it now before Harrison Ford kills himself <laughs> like on an airplane like crash or something like that. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, even if they killed him off, they might do an origin movie for him, much like they're doing with Solo. The, the the Star Wars story, Mike. I see what you're doing here. You're trying to transition into more news. I am. I got more news. So a trailer for Han Solo's movie will probably be released this week. It's a rumor, but from someone who's repeatedly gotten everything right on trailer releases. All right. It will be placed with, not attached. They were very specific that it was not attached to the Maze Runner. <laughs> so I, I yeah think, I don't I, I don't think a lot of people want to be buying tickets to Maze Runner just to watch this trailer. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. But uh, I have heard good things about the Maze Runner movie. I don't know. I, you mentioned you wanted to see him, and this is the third one. So yeah, for some weird reason, I, I kind of want to watch him. I don't know. I haven't seen any of them yet, but kind of slightly piques my interest. I don't know. A lot of action, a lot of action in these. Uh, so, uh, but they said it will be online probably Wednesday. Um, if they were to bet when it would drop on the internet. So all right, all right. Uh, we may be talking about the Han Solo movie next year or next week. Um, however, the, there's this, um, this trade show and this EPK reel sneak peek from someone who promises that there's a lot of fan service in this movie, but it feels like an old Star Wars movie. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, the whole movie's fan service. It's Han Solo, the one of the most uh, iconic characters in the Star Wars universe. If you're making a whole movie about him everything's going to be fan service. I mean, I think we're going to talk about the synopsis here in a second, but even the synopsis says like, Hey, this, Hey, listen to this fan service synopsis. Yeah. So the people who saw this, um, electronic press kit real, were pretty excited about it. Um, but again, you know, everyone's always excited about star Wars whenever new star Wars stuff launches, but the synopsis is board the millennium Falcon and journey to a galaxy far, far away in solo a star Wars story. An all-new adventure with the most beloved scoundrel in the galaxy. Through a series of daring escapades deep within a dark and dangerous criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his mighty future co-pilot, Chewbacca, 
and encounters the notorious gambler Lando Calrissian in a journey that will set the course of one of the Star Wars saga's most unlikely heroes. There you go. You got Millennium Falcon, Chewbacca, Lando Calrissian. There's probably going to be the Kessel Run in there somewhere. That's all fan service. This should have been called the Millennium Falcon, the movie, because it sounds like that is the highlight of this this show so far. You know what? You know what's so funny? Han Solo, for my entire life, has always been um, described as a scoundrel. But you know, he becomes the hero. Uh, or a hero in the Star Wars stories uh, very quickly. We never really get to see him be a scoundrel. He's just kind of like a little bit schmarmy. And we, I guess in the past, he made some sort of maybe bad deal with Jabba the Hutt, but I've never really seen him be a scoundrel. So he, I don't know, did, maybe. he did shoot Greedo <laughs> first. Yeah, I guess. That's uh, it. Greedo, That's about I mean, all we I got, think, though. I think Greedo deserved it, though. He's a little, uh, yeah, he was a little uh, scoundrel himself. Hey, so. hey Green. <laughs> Alien lives matter, Mike. I don't. Was he green or was he kind of off blue? I I've seen both. <laughs> so <laughs> depend on what uh, what remastered version you're watching. But yeah, are you watching? I don't know. The, Do we get uh, the cloak and dagger version? Then <laughs> what gam? What's what, what gamma are you running when you're watching it? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll actually get to see him be a scoundrel. Do I want to see him be a scoundrel? I think I just want to see him be uh be uh clever and dashing and he's probably gonna be a a smug charming like smuggler (laughs) yeah smug smuggler yeah exactly smug smuggler all right all right all right and then we get an official look at the logo mike look at that logo wow unsurprising is it (laughs) looks like a star wars logo there you go it says solo a star i bet a fan made this up months ago and like star was like we'll take it yeah so it's very very unassuming Star Wars Rebels is the show I was talking about earlier, Mike. Uh, the last uh, final season four episode trailer means it's like, like the back half of season four is coming out this year, and they got a trailer for it. it I haven't watched enough to know what's going on in it, but if it's ending in season four, right before a new uh, Disney streaming service is coming out, we might see some of these uh, animated Star Wars shows, which do really well, pop up on that streaming service. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, I've heard good things about the show. I haven't uh, watched it, but, you know, if it's all condensed somewhere on a streaming service, maybe I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I watched the first season and maybe a quarter of season two. I'm not into it as much as I am the Clone Wars, which was fantastic, but it's got some good stuff in there. I like the lore. It's got some good lore in it. Uh, Remember that Bride of Frankenstein movie we thought they weren't going to make? Oh, the the Dark Universe movie? Yeah, the Dark Universe. Apparently, there was only script production that didn't stop. It was everything else production-wise stopped on this movie. Uh-huh. Um, but they're back to pre-production stage on Bride of Frankenstein with Javier Bardem still expected to play Frankenstein's monster. Oh, man, I wonder... I wonder if maybe this was a weird decision of just like, hey, Javier Bardem's attached. He's still a really big get. You know, let's just maybe tweak the script a little bit so it doesn't have to create a whole franchise, and maybe let's just make a good Bride of Frankenstein movie and see what goes there. You know, they were they were pretty confident when they in both directions of starting the universe and ending the universe. So maybe this is just kind of like a soft like uh, uh, toe into the water of just like hey, you know, hey, maybe the maybe the bath is warm now. It wasn't warm for the mummy, but maybe it warmed up now. Well, if that is true, this will be the third attempt at this universe with <laughs> uh, I think Dracula Untold being the first attempt that was in revamped into the mummy and then like, okay, now we need to revamp it again. So yeah, let's just not mention I Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just, they just got to do something. Um, <laughs> get them, get them while we have the actors under contract. That's, that's what I'm thinking here. The men in black spinoff that nobody asked for, uh, is moving right along, uh, with a new release date of May 17th, 2019. Boo. Is- I don't, I don't care unless I hear the words 21 jump street, uh, somewhere in there. And that's not what I'm hearing. Chris, no, it's not. It's, they definitely didn't do that. That's a crossover. This is a spinoff. I want that crossover so bad. But they're looking to put this out next year, one week after the potential Gambit release date, and the week before Toy Story 4. This <laughs> movie would not stand a chance at all. So so I guess if it's a spinoff, you're not going to have um, Will Smith in it. They're probably going to try to reboot this universe uh, they probably are trying to whip up a new trilogy off of Men in Black's uh, uh, lineage. I don't care. I just want to see uh, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum try to fight aliens because that would be funny. I'm I'm definitely against that. 
<laughs> so we'll see what the minimum. They've got to start work on it sooner than later to to hit that May release date. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll 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 keep you posted if something good comes out. And then we're going to watch the Tomb Raider trailer right here for everybody because a new Tomb Raider trailer came out, and people have said that this looks like it could break the uh, video game curse in movies. And I'm like, I don't believe you. So yeah, we'll have to wait because that first trailer did not impress me at all. So. Yeah, I'm on the same page. So we're going to queue it up right now. You're going to get our live reactions. I'll probably trim most of it out, but uh, you ready to go, Mike? Yeah, uh, let's let's do a countdown to hit play. All right. Uh, three, two, one, go. Well, uh, it looks like we saw some tomb raiding in that trailer. The, the, I definitely agree. Um, it's like <laughs> any other movie where you have a bad guy who's like, open up the tomb. I don't know how, but you do. Uh, national treasure vibe going on to it. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think this trailer was uh, much better than the other one that we got. It, it seemed to uh, give off a little bit of a different tone. Seems a little less generic, I would say, than I thought it would be. Um, so, but I'm trying to figure out what exactly do I grab onto in this movie, you know, that excites me because it seems like a, a Laura Croft kind of verse nature. I mean, I don't really care about verse the bad guys because, you know, there's not really a whole lot special going on there. I'm not saying I need superpowers or something supernatural, but usually if you're looking at human verse nature, usually it's a little bit more of a gripping tale of a, alone in the, the wilderness trying mm-hmm. to survive, you know, no humans around. I, you know, I'm just trying to figure out like what really uh, draws me into the story here. Um, I don't know. And also you have this whole uh, aspect of tombs in general. Like it's always really been hard for me to believe uh, all of these uh, sophisticated contraptions of tombs in any movie I ever watch. So usually uh, uh, you kind of got to go light on all of those things because I believe it in a video game that there all would be all these mechanics, but like how do all these giant rock gears work in the real world? So I don't really know if they're going to find a way to explain that or not. But uh, I mean, I, I was never really super invested in the video game franchise to begin with. So I don't know if I'm going to run to see this. I almost have the exact same opinions that I have about the uh, Assassin's Creed trailer when that came out. I didn't really play the games that much. Uh, not super invested. I hope it works out because uh, it'd be kind of cool maybe if we get a video game renaissance, but I don't know, man. Yeah, so to me, I think that the highlight of this is Destiny Child's Survivor playing in the game. <laughs> um, that remix is definitely a highlight of this. Uh, well, I didn't play... Um, many Tomb Raiders beyond the second one. I do have to say there's something about the way they show people get like the the impacts and hits in this trailer look way I don't know like you kind of feel them a little bit more than just a generic movie would. Um there's a moment where she jumps over and lands on a tree right before falling into a, a, a river and you're like, oh she's gonna land on that tree and no it she just hits it face first and flips around and throws her into the water. Um, and the same thing, it looks like she has a parachute and swings through some trees. The impacts feel like video game, uh, I guess, but I, I do agree that the less we have of this evil organization, the better, um, lore I mean, versus what, nature is, is where, where it should be. Yeah. Now what would be cool if they went very brutal with the movie in the aspect of basically uh, body damage. So I remember when that, the new Laura Croft video game kind of came out, maybe two or three years ago people were just like oh it's so brutal the way she dies like they really try to make it uh seem like she's going through a lot of pain when she gets hurt in the video game so and i i've seen plenty of like action you know uh movies where like the hero when the hero's a dude by the end of the movie he's literally like a bloody mess you know i think john mcclain and die hard they usually seem to not do that with women in movies they kind of want to keep them pretty so like screw it like just make her just a badass and by the end of the movie she's just like bleeding everywhere heck maybe a bone's popping out of her arm and she's just like beat to hell and that would be kind of cool and then she rallies from that and she just comes back in the sequel ready to get her ass kicked again but prevails so that would be kind of cool like uh wasn't uh was it alicia vikander is that yeah. her name yep uh she, isn't she like oscar nominated or winning yeah i believe she was in um the movie the movie about she was a robot um yeah uh Ex Machina? Was yeah, that Ex Machina, I believe so. Yeah, Yeah. so, I mean, hopefully she can uh, 
bring the acting chops. But yeah, like I, I'm not too invested in this video game movie, but we'll see how it pans out. I mean, it seems pretty straightforward. I mean, they're making like, you know, a Nathan Drake Uncharted style game that's basically all just variations of Indiana Jones. So I don't think it's going to be hard to pull off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't either. Um, I, I think to me, this looks like it can be a, you could probably remove the phrase Tomb Raider and it would still be an okay movie. And I think that that's kind of where you need to do it. Um, so hopefully we kind of, we see something there. We'll knock, we'll knock on wood here. Um, <laughs> I did, I think I remember the last movie I saw her in actually was, um, was it Jason Bourne? And she wasn't very good in that. So hopefully, but she was like a CIA, like an, like a desk operative. And I'm like, no, no honey. So, uh, we'll see what goes on, but yeah, I'm, I don't know. We'll see. We'll definitely have to see how this plays out and keep people posted. I think it's coming out later this year, sooner sooner than later. So um, we'll, we'll take a look. Well, that's all our notes for this week, Mike. We made it through another week of news. Finally, we are ever closer to more, I guess, review episodes. We've got Black Panther coming up and you know some other stuff. So I'm excited for those. Um, you just recently actually um did some artwork for your friends podcast using your artwork where can people find some of your artwork at yeah if people want to see what i'm up to they can follow me at mike royer design on instagram and twitter and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com chris if people want to catch up with you see what you're doing uh where can they follow you you can find me on twitter at valdan v-a-l-d-a-n uh we just watched Thor, uh, the first Thor movie for our countdown to Infinity War this week. So next weekend's Captain America. Um, and you can head over to Comic UI and see that list of what we're doing there. Or head over to YouTube and search the DNN and see uh, what videos I'm up to there. Uh, if people want to learn more about Superhero Slate and what we're doing, where can people find us at? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place to find all the avenues that we host our show here and to get our show notes. So if you want to check out the link to the Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, images or if you want to see that deleted Instagram post, we got a link to that. So that's what the show notes are for, and that's awesome. So you can get that at SuperheroSlate.com, and you can also find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can get us right in your email inbox every week if you want to do that. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can get uh, some merch for the show, some Superhero Slate merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you uh, left us a review wherever you listen to the show. Really appreciate that. It really uh, gets our uh, Jimmy's rustled in the best possible way. <laughs> so we really love that. Uh, and if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do, share the show with a friend. Share mm-hmm. the show with a buddy. And we will be here every week whether the government is open or not. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, whether they shut down or not, we'll be here. Snow day. We had snow days last week, Mike. So uh, <laughs> snow, rain, sunshine, whatever you want. We'll be here. So I guess we'll see you guys next week. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. Bars reloaded this week for Mike. <laughs>